0: hello everybody and welcome to the ace football academy coach hamilton and coach dunham here bringing you the june 30th episode of the world soccer roundup where we take some time to dive into what's happening around the world in soccer we make some bets we have some fun coach finally it's been a while but I finally gained some ground last week. Uh, you went one and three. I went two and two last week. Still behind by about five games overall, but I at least closed the gap a little bit.
1: Yeah, that won't last for long. I feel good about this week's picks, so I expect to um, expand my lead a little bit on you.
0: Well, coach, we uh, of course the MLS and the NWSL is still going strong. We have the Challenge Cup going on the. Uh, U.S. Open Cup is happening later on in August. But in our leagues across the pond, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, EPL, they are in their summer kind of just transfer portal type things, and that's what we've been looking at recently with those leagues. Um, Just so everybody knows, we're trying really hard not to discuss rumors. We're trying to just give you what we know to be facts.
1: So, Coach, what's going on over The pond. Yeah, nothing much going on in the Liga. Uh, Of course, we know a lot of stuff was happening previously, but at the moment it's been a little stalemate. Bundesliga, no major signings, but there are about 22 transfers in or out of the league. Those will become official on July 1st. Uh, In Serie A, we all know with SCC Brenner, who signed with Udinese for Serie A, that becomes official on July 1st as well. And U.S. Men's National Team, Tim Weah, has been visiting Juventus. He's been going through a physical this week, meeting with their team. So it sounds like that's going to be a done deal for Tim Weah to go with one of the biggest teams in Italy. Um, Excited for his chance to play for them. That is a massive team to be playing for. So I, I wish him the best of luck. Absolutely. And, you know, the,
0: the only people that really helps is the U S men's national team. I mean, you know, you, you got, we got to start getting some of these players into these higher level clubs playing for these higher level teams. You know, that's just going to benefit everybody.
1: Absolutely. And the word is, you know, Tim way is more of a, a winger attacking wing kind of guy. Um, there's discussions of maybe moving him to another spot. So will be interested to see how that team lines him up. Um, so we'll be following that once the season begins. In other news in Serie A, we know who's Josie Marino, uh, who is with A.S. Roma. He's been given a 10-day suspension yes. for referee criticism, which is unlike jose Marino. That's sarcasm there, too, <laughs> of course. Uh, so he'll be missing the Serie A opener. Uh, that's quite a light suspension for some rough criticism there. Yeah,
0: it, well, it's so weird. The match that I think it stems from, um, I forget who they were playing, but he wore a microphone. like He chose to wear a microphone because of how, in his words, how poorly the referees had been. And um, so he wore a microphone to, quote, unquote, protect himself against these referees. And I guess after the match, he said something to the effect of, you know, that's the worst referee I've ever seen or something like that. But, yeah, nice. they have slapped him with a 10-day suspension that will cost him the Serie A
1: opener. Moving on to our Premier League, we previously had discussed Arsenal has been aggressively going after Declan Rice. I mentioned previously, I thought his value was around $125 million. It looks like Arsenal submitted a third bid, around 133 million, and it looks like this one's going to go through. Yeah, there was no rejection. Awesome. West Ham may be taking that up. They're already discussing where they're going to be playing him. Mm-hmm. So this seems to be a done deal.
0: Yeah, really, really awesome. You know, I got worried when Man City got involved um, with this kind of courtship, but Arsenal came to the table, and again, like you said, it sounded like it was about the third bid. But $133 million, and they get it done. Yeah, so we
1: will follow up on this to verify that this is confirmed, that he is going to Arsenal for sure. But we are certain that there was a third bid, $133 million for Declan Rise. And we will check into that for next week. In other news, in Premier League, David De Gea of Manchester United, his contract ends June 30th. So he is going to be a free transfer if anybody's looking for a solid top-notch goalkeeper. He has had a 12-year career, all with Manchester United. I believe he's about 32 years old right now. So I'm not surprised, but he's not really out of his prime. He's still been playing top-notch goalkeeping.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm, I've am i not done any research on this. Is Man U not in trying so to re-sign story, him at all? The
1: or? story is he was provided an offer. Or he said, here's what I want. I forget which way it was. And he was ready to sign it. But Man United didn't go along with it or took back what their offer was. And so there's been no signatures. And since then, there's been no uh, renegotiation. So it sounds like De Gea is out the door.
0: Yeah, that is that is very interesting. Kind of, kind of what you said, you know, with, with soccer – You know, you kind of consider your prime, you know, it's probably a little later than most sports. Um, So, I don't know. You said 32 years old. Maybe not, maybe towards the end of his prime. But I would think some, still some talent, still some gas left in the tank there. So, that's an interesting situation there.
1: Yeah, and I don't think he's at an age where he won't be getting picked up by another big team, maybe another Premier League team. He could go... Back to Spain and playing La Liga, possibly. What about coming over to the MLS? Yeah, that. I mean, it's never out of the question. Yeah, But nothing's been coming up about where he could go, so we will keep an eye on that. Uh, Again, this is the World Soccer Roundup. We are the Ace Football Academy. I am Coach Dunham, again with Coach Hamilton, giving you the world of soccer. Thank you for joining us. And moving on to Major League Soccer. We have kind of a monster game coming up here. It is FC Cincinnati versus New England Revolution, number one versus number two in the Eastern Conference.
0: Yeah, and this is a pick em. I mean, just like you would expect a one versus two match should be. It is a pick em with an over-under of two and a half. You know, New England is kind of riding a three-game winning streak that has moved them into second. They have overtaken Nashville. So um, those points are very close. I think FC Cincinnati still has a 7 or 8 point lead overall, despite them getting absolutely trounced by DC United last weekend, but we'll move past that. Um, looks like for FC Cincinnati, actually both of these teams really are both dealing with some injuries and then some Gold Cup roster issues, Um Ian Murphy for FCC, of course, got the red card in about the 80th minute against D.C. United, so he is out. Going to be Mascara, probably likely to start on that back line. Of course, as we mentioned, Miazga and Vasquez still up with the U.S. men's national team at the Gold Cup. Um, These two teams, the last two times they've played, they have drawn. I think both games were 1-1, so... Coach, a top matchup. We are going to pick it. FC Cincinnati back at home, where we know we know the deal there. We know how good they have been at home. But New England Revolution playing some good soccer. What do you think? Yeah, this is this is more of a lineup
1: issue. I wish I knew what the lineups were. Because if they put Hoslin back in the center, and they're 3-4-3, I don't see them pulling this game. Um You know, Mascaro is coming back into play. Unfortunately, Ian Murphy is not going to be playing, as well as Miazga and Vasquez. I don't feel comfortable giving FC Cincinnati a win here. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I will tell you, I'm
0: going to go ahead and take a draw here. Um, You know, both teams dealing with a lot of issues. So I am going to take a draw.
1: I'll go ahead and take New England Revolution, and that really rubs me the wrong way doing this because I love FC Cincinnati, but they're missing too many quality players, especially Miazga. Um, It depends on where Hoglund's playing again. So, and let's be honest here, he's really the main reason they got demolished by DC United last week. His positioning is just its not his thing. He needs Miazga and Mascara in there to back him up. So... I'm going to give New England Revolution the win here. Unfortunately, I just don't think SC Cincinnati has the full roster to pull this out. Next thing we're going to be watching here, another big one on the Western Conference. It is the Seattle Sounders versus Houston Dynamo. It is a three versus four competition here. And let's be honest here, Houston Dynamo has been creeping up on us. Yeah, you know, and they have played
0: really, really good soccer and the Seattle Sounders, I know they're third and that sounds great, but they have not been playing well. Seattle is a half goal favorite here with that over under of two and a half, but the Sounders are in the middle of a five game winless streak. They've only won two of their last 11. Um, During that five game winless streak, they've only scored three goals and believe it or not, all three of those goals came in the same game in a three, three draw. So and now Jordan Morris is gone because he's with the U.S. men's national team. Um, the uh, Rodon brothers are with their national teams. I, just tough time for the Seattle Sounders
1: right now. Yeah, this is going to be interesting, interesting here. And like I said, Houston Dynamo has been sneaking up on us on getting some wins. I think they're hanging around mid-table for the you know, beginning of our season here. Uh, we will be picking this one. I'll pick first. I'm taking the Houston Dynamo. I think they've really started kind of like Philadelphia. Struggled in the beginning, found their groove, and been pulling out a lot of good win streaks over the past few weeks. I'm going to take the Dynamo here.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going to take the Dynamo as well. You know, the Dynamo have beaten – they beat LASC back-to-back, both home and away. They beat San San Jose. Um, They did lose last week. To the rival Austin FC, and I know Austin FC is not great, but we know how rivalries are. Those games are always kind of funky, you never know where they're going to go. Um, you know, very quietly, Hughes, the Dynamo have put together arguably one of the top midfields in the league. Um, and so I agree with you. I am going to take the Dynamo as well.
1: Moving on to the women's NWSL. Again, catch them on Paramount+. Plus. Some of their games will also be played on CBS Sports. We are going to be following the LL Reign versus Racing Louisville. This is a three versus eight. But don't let that fool you because these two teams play neck and neck every time they've gone against each other. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they have drawn the last four times they've played.
0: And I, again, I know it's to be versus eight, but Racing Louisville is playing some decent soccer as of late. You know, we talked a couple weeks ago about how um, they were undefeated in the Challenge Cup at the top of their table. Um, Gotham FC went into Louisville, and Louisville handled them in a regular season matchup. So Louisville playing really, really good soccer. However, they struggle on the road a little bit. Um, you know, they ha- they've been held scoreless in seven of their last 12 road matches. And I think the OL reign is just going to be too much here. I'm going to go ahead and take the rain, the OL reign. Um, coach, I'm going to let you go ahead and pick. And then I want to mention uh, Bethany Balser.
1: Yeah. Interesting here is the women's league is losing players to the World Cup. And that's multiple players throughout the league because – a lot of foreign players are playing in WSL, so I'm going to go with Racing Louisville. Oh, I think I uh, you know, you No know Megan Rapino, um, oh I just lost the name. Somebody else, big place with Rain, but and I apologize for not having that name in front of me. But I'm going to take Racing Louisville here on a shock win. I think they just grind out like a one nil type of yeah. game, and they just pull one off on them.
0: I I think that would be awesome. For those of you that are new to the NWSL, if you don't know the story behind Bethany Balser, she is the O.L. Reign um, striker. She's kind of come alive a little bit, Had a, has two multi-goal games already this year. Um, in 2019, I believe, maybe 2020, she was the NWSL Rookie of the Year. But her story, if you don't know her story, is very, very interesting. And I won't spend a lot of time on it, but she is... One of the few players um, in the NWSL who did not play Division I soccer. She went to an NAIA school. Um, she was not recruited. She showed up to an open tryout for the OL reign and made the cut and went on, again, to become Rookie of the Year. She's now one of their top goal scorers. And it's a real interesting story if you don't know uh, Bethany Bolster's story. I, I would highly recommend you looking that up and reading it.
1: I think in future episodes, we should have a little highlight of her. And that's that's an amazing story. Yeah. It, it was really, really interesting. Um, I, I kind of read an article um,
0: earlier this week about it, and um, there is a website called Girls Soccer Network. I think it's .org. Don't quote me on that, but it's just Girls Soccer Network. It is an awesome website. They, had, they did this piece about her on there, um, so go and check that out.
1: Yeah, I think the cool thing about this is it proves that you never stop learning. You never stop putting yeah. in the work. If if you love the game, and reaching that level of soccer is your goal, you got to put in the work. Absolutely. And she never quit, never gave up. You know, never got highly recruited. Wasn't picked up straight out of college. Right. She had to. She had to grind her way through. And here she is, multiple games, with multiple goals, and she's showing hard work pays off. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to the U.S. Women's National Team. We know last week the official World Cup roster was released. And this week we're going to discuss some surprises and some of the snubs that we looked at. Uh, The first one is your girl here. I told you I'd watch out for her. Savannah DeMello. Here's what's crazy. Zero caps. Let me say that again. She has never played any minutes for the women's national team. Yeah,
0: she's been a part of I think the last two camps, but you're absolutely right, has not played um at all. You know, she's one of those players that you mentioned earlier on that, you know, will be missing for Racing Louisville, you know, going forward because she will be a part of that national team. I'm going to brag on myself a little bit here. I mentioned her in our preview and I, I just just had a feeling, you know, she has been arguably the best player in the nwsl this year so far unfortunately her team has struggled a little bit so we know that soccer is the ultimate team game and so sometimes if not doing well you can get overshadowed or overlooked a little bit but i love that she's on there um i don't know if she'll play a massive role in the world cup But I think she definitely gets a first cap with them. I think she uh, will see some minutes, and I'm excited to see what she does.
1: Absolutely. The second one we're going to be looking at is Alyssa Thompson. I think we kind of figured she would make this roster, but the cool thing is she's only 18 years old. She is the second youngest to ever represent America in the World Cup, which alone is pretty amazing. 18 years old, first World Cup. Um, I think she'll get some minutes out there. She's a prolific striker already, right. scoring goals. So, looking forward to what she can bring onto the field here for the U.S. Women's National Team.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, she's one of those um, forwards that we mentioned last week. Um, and I mean, I think she's definitely the fourth or fifth forward on this roster. So she should definitely get some
1: minutes. The last one we're going to be discussing of surprise pickups. I think this is probably the biggest surprise. Is Aubrey Kingsbury for? We're assuming is going to be the third backup goalkeeper uh, and beating out Adriana French, which we will bring up here shortly. Now, this was a bit of a surprise here because she has zero caps in 2023. So I'm not sure if she had some elite form in her league games, which I'm assuming that's what's going on. Uh, but Aubrey Kingsbury, big pickup here, big shock. I think it's the biggest shock of all the pickups. Uh, anything to add on Aubrey Kingsbury? No, um, you
0: know she's uh, the Washington Spirit goalkeeper, and we talked about the Washington Spirit last week on um, you know how well they have been playing as of late. So um, to to what you mentioned, I, I think it is. I think she's been playing well at the club level, and we you have said on multiple occasions. A lot of times these World Cup rosters are about who's hot at the right time. That's true. And she is just one of those players.
1: The other little bit to get onto is for this World Cup roster, there are 14 first-time World Cup players on this roster.
0: Yeah, and that goes, I mean, what did you and I talk about before we knew the roster? We talked about the decisions that um, these coaches were going to have with, are we going to go old and are you know the pe- players we know. Or are we going to have a little bit of a youth movement? And I, it's very
1: clear. 14 of the 23, they have definitely gone to the youth side of things. Absolutely, and honestly, I love it. Me too. I love to see us developing younger players. Give them some opportunities. Um, not that there's any with bringing experienced players back, but if someone's going for their fourth or fifth World Cup, and there's younger players that are near that level, let's give that youth an opportunity out there. Absolutely. Let's talk about some of the snubs of the World Cup roster, number one, and you brought this up previously, was Ashley Hatch. In 2021, not only was she part of the team to win the NWSO League title, she also won the Golden Boot that season. This is a center forward who will probably be the backup for Alex Morgan at the center striker position, but they chose not to bring her on, which is a bit of a surprise here, but it's such a loaded forward position. This has had to be a really tough decision for those coaches.
0: It did, and you and I talked a little bit last week. I think this is the biggest snub. We're going to mention um, a couple other players. I think this is the biggest biggest snub to me. I would have had Ashley Hash over Megan Rapino, but um, that that's just that's just me. We we if you are interested in our thoughts on Megan rapino go back and listen to last week's episode. We spoke a lot about her. Um, again, nothing against Megan Rapino. She has been awesome for the U.S. Women's National Team, but I think it is Ashley Hatch's time to shine, and hopefully she'll use this as motivation going forward.
1: Absolutely. And the next snub, we kind of mentioned this previously, goalkeeper Adriana French. She has attended the last two World Cups as the backup for goalkeeper Nair, and she's been dropped off of this for the newcomer, Kingsbury, Again, another tough decision. Do you take the veteran who's been there the last two World Cups? Or, like you said, you take no goalkeeper that's hot to be a backup. Well, you know, and here here's what
0: I think the biggest, the most interesting thing about not taking French here is, if you remember in the Olympics, Alyssa and Eric got hurt. And they had to use French. I mean, so if... Let's just say something happens and Alyssa Nair can't go or gets hurt or is involved in a collision. Your two backup goalkeepers are pretty inexperienced, when it, at least when it comes to the national team. You know, We mentioned uh, Kingsbury, no caps in this year so far. So I don't know. I mean, again, you hope that nothing happens to Nair, but if, if something does, if she does go down and has to miss a game or a half or whatever it is, you're going to have – a real experienced goalkeeper on that back line for you.
1: Last player we're going to be discussing is Casey Kruger. Uh, we feel that she lost out to Emily Sonnet, which Emily Sonnet is one of those players that can play center back and outside back. Uh, Casey Kruger, more of a center back solely in that position there. She is a solid, experienced stud of a defender. And I mean, you can call it a snub. But again, there's so many players there that it's tough to choose from. I mean, even after Becky Sauerbrunn had the dropout, she still couldn't pick up a spot. That just tells you the quality that we have at that back line. Yeah, and I, I think you are absolutely correct
0: in saying the reason, and again, we don't know this. We don't have any connections on the U.S. women's team. We wish we did, but we don't. But... I think the key there was that Emily Sonnett can play more than one position. Um, Not that Casey Kruger can't, but she just doesn't. Uh, So I think that I would assume
1: that that played a major role. Look for us in the future to put out a good women's World Cup review prior to the World Cup starting. Uh, We expect to get that out probably mid-July. Moving on to the men's national team. Again, we mentioned last week the men's Gold Cup has started over this weekend. And the men played Jamaica and drew one-to-one. I was a little disappointed in that game. I feel like Jamaica had some lineups that we struggled to make, mm-hmm. I guess, make sense of how to work around it. And it just wasn't a good float of that game. And then they followed that up playing Saint Kitts and Nevis, and then destroyed them six to nothing. But I'm going to make this point here: they may have won that game <laughs> six to nothing, but here's some information here: Saint Kitts and Nevis, their total population is 47,600. That's unbelievable. I mean, how do they even have enough people to make a team? It's
0: unbelievable with that kind of population. Well, and and here here's the thing: when I look at this Gold Cup as a whole. And again, I, I know they'll both probably get out, but that tie with Jamaica, and now Jamaica gets to play St. Kitts and Nevis last, they know what they have to do goal differential-wise. I think the U.S. now has a um, two-goal lead when it comes to goal differential. Of course, they're tied in points. Jamaica beat um, Jamaica beat Trinidad and Tobago the other night. or uh, so. But Jamaica's going to know what they have to do to win the group and then ultimately play you know, a runner-up of another group. And I, I think, again, U.S. tying Jamaica put themselves in a tough spot. Now, we've talked a lot about the Gold Cup and how the U.S. should be the favorite, and the U.S. probably is the favorite and all this stuff. But they didn't do themselves any favors this past
1: week. Yeah, it's going to be, again, it's going to be interesting on the lineup situation. I know B.J. Callahan has mixed things up both games a little bit. And I'm not saying that his lineup change on St. Kitts and Nevis completely changed everything. This is just not a quality team that they played there. Um, So Trinidad and Tobago has given us issues off and on in the past. Mm -hmm. We've won some. We've tied some. It hasn't been great in the past here. And we've mentioned this isn't their top roster that they're bringing to the Gold Cup. It is not. There are still some quality players out there. Uh, you know, Brandon Vasquez isn't getting a starting spot. We feel like he's a better striker than some of the guys that are on the field. Yeah. But they're all giving some younger guys some opportunities here, some new faces and new names. July 2nd will be versus Trinidad and Tobacco. Make sure you tune in to the men's Gold Cup for that game.
0: You know, Coach, we um, last week on this episode on World Soccer Roundup, we both went ahead and just took the U.S. in all three games. Um have you seen anything that changes your mind on that July 2nd Trinidad and Tobago game?
1: It doesn't. Let's be honest here. Even though it's not their top-notch roster, they should clean CONCACAF no matter who they play. The fact that they swiped up Mexico, of course, it was a different roster. There is no team with the exception of Mexico, typically, that should ever give them a run for their money. Okay. And that's just the way it should be. I expect USA to win this handedly, but against Jamaica, again, they also should have won handedly. I don't expect it to be a six O type of game, but maybe one, one O two O two one, something like that. I don't expect it to be a blowout.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think the U S should get this done. I'm not going to change my pick either guys. This is the world soccer roundup. Do us a favor. If you are enjoying our podcast first, please share them with your friends. And then whatever you're listening on, Apple, iHeart, Google, whatever you're listening on, please go in and give us a five-star rating. That helps us out a ton, helps bring us into the top of the charts in the world of soccer. We appreciate you listening today. I am Coach Hamilton with Coach Dunham. This has been the World Soccer Roundup for June, June 30th,
1: brought to you by the Ace Football Academy.